PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. for episode 402 of Cinema Crespity So. I am your host, Chris Crespo, hanging out in the Crespity So studio, looking out the Crespity So window here. I see that it is a bright, beautiful day outside. The sun is shining. The temperature is perfect. The humidity is just right. Oh, why are you lying? Because I'm trying to paint a tableau <laughs> of emotions that would be conducive to a fine listening experience. So instead, you're just taking the exact opposite of what's going on outside and telling people that's what it is. Oh, it sucks out there. It's, <laughs> it's raining. It's terrible. It's, it's still hot, though, somehow. And even though it's pouring, the humidity won't break. It's bad, bad. Um, no, we're here. Juice Cogburn, how are you doing? Doing okay. Doing a lot better than uh, the majority of the Gulf Coast this year. Aye, boy. Hurricane Beta, we've, we've gone through them all, Chris. We, we are now <laughs> into the Greek alphabet. We've officially gone Greek. This is this is not a test. <laughs> Do I have a klaxon? <laughs> we have gone Greek. Yeah, that, that's not good. Is that partly because maybe there? I've always thought this over the years. Uh, when I when I do bother tracking like the name and all that, I haven't bothered this year. Uh, I feel like they're a little quick to want to like name a storm as soon as a storm hits like well, tropical well, storm well, here, the status thing, like, to uh, give it a name. I mean, these days and then it dissipates and comes out. These days, the technology is definitely there to uh, to measure things, me- measure things more better, yeah, more sure finitely. Too. So th- that probably does have a small percentage in the uptick of why we're getting so many. But it also has to do with you know climate change. Yeah, that's that's not that. that none of that's real. We can yeah. stop with that. Okay, sea temperatures aren't rising. They're, That's fine. Sea temperatures <laughs> are not rising. Sea levels aren't rising either. They're not, glaciers aren't breaking. Glaciers aren't breaking. That's all. There show were, me glacier. Show me a broken glacier. Where I don't. There see will here. not be. Show me one. Th- there were not. There will not be over three billion people displaced by. Rising sea levels in the next twenty years. Were these rising? No, no, that's true. How come if these sea levels are rising? How come there's so many fires on those coasts out there, man? <laughs> they should be rising faster to put out the fires. It, none of it. None of your stuff makes sense. All right. Okay. I'm okay. just. I'm just saying. Show me a glacier. <laughs> <laughs> they don't exist anymore. Chris. They don't. I can't. <laughs> They're gone. Welcome to Science Talk with Chris and Drew, where we bring you both sides of the argument, because apparently that's what media is supposed to, that's what this course is. Even if it's bullshit, you have to put it out there for I people guess, to decide for themselves. I guess so they can decide if it's a lie or not. The, the edges of the flat earth are frozen. <laughs> we just go there, we get our ass, we bring it back to the moon. 
Right. That's that's how my ice machine works. Right. <laughs> Little fairies fly to the edges and uh-huh. they mine the ice and then bring it back to my ice machine. I hit the button, boom, and it goes. That's why sometimes it takes a minute. Okay, so, so, so the so not only is the Earth flat, but fairies exist too. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Interesting worldview you got there. Well, they clean they clean <laughs> the undersides of the giant turtle that were floating on the back. Of okay, them. gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. Now, what does that turtle exist in? Some sort of <laughs> another another larger, flatter space. And, then, uh, and, and here's my question: the turtle. Now, obviously, the turtle it, it's alive and it exists. So, who mm-hmm. who birthed the turtle? Oh. Did you have a mommy turtle and who's daddy a, turtle? That who's bo- the mother turtle? That, that both had flat earths on its time and were are equally, in which case, it, are we living in a giant ocean filled with these turtles? Oh, oh, of all of them with flat earth, flat discs on their back, uh-huh. those, are, those are the alternate realities. <laughs> what if it's all a video game and the video game is you're a turtle? <laughs> with a flat earth on your back? Oh, with an earth, with a world on your back. And it's sort of like a combination of like SimCity... But also like those Jaws games. Uh, whoever's playing our game has a really shitty score right now. Hmm. <laughs> they are losing. They keep bumping their turtle into, into other turtles. But that's all, no that's shit. all I'm saying. The whole disc shifts. I, I, I think our player might be on Spectrum. That's possible. <laughs> but some of those Spectrum players are better than... Not this one. Have you seen... <laughs> I'm just saying not this one. Like that's the whole premise of The Wizard. <laughs> Yeah. That his his uh-huh. weird brother, who's touch, they never they don't know what to call it back then. Yeah, he's amazing at video games. Exactly, he's so good. Yeah. Um, well, that's it for science talk with Chris and Drew. Hope you enjoyed this episode where we explored our uh, our various theories on existence and what it means to us. And it all makes sense. It all tracks. Sure. Okay, well, let's talk about the movie that we saw on the Netflix, The Devil, all the time. Yep. Pretty much. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, <laughs> very much a novelly uh, title. Yes. Yeah. And uh-huh. then very much a novel, novelly movie. Uh huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 If there's the, I, I think the underlying theme of this movie, Chris, mm-hmm. everyone is shit. Every everyone is shit. And yes. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna go with everyone. Uh, I'm sure if we go back enough in uh, and even Grandma's past, I'm sure she did some horrible, awful things to people. Yeah, come on, Grandma. Uh, I feel like Alvin, Tom Holland's character, is the only one who could be argued like, yeah, he's just trying to get by, go- dealing with the lessons that his father gave him, which aren't the best lessons. I mean, yes and, and then, no, and then having to live with the sins of his father, which no. is the theme throughout history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but no. I think he's he's the one. Probably the, the closest one. The closest one. Everyone else who isn't complete shit is then killed by someone who is shit or yeah. or corrupted by them in some way. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and, the, and therefore turns to shit. Either turns to shit or die. Yeah. Right. Or I guess mean in the literal yeah. uh-huh. Mom, uh, nature too. nature mm-hmm. sense of uh, body decomposing. Mm-hmm. Maybe an animal eats it. The second transubstantiation. And that's if it's not crucified. Okay, now that, <laughs> that was shocking. <laughs> the first one, not so much. Like I was like, okay, so this is where we're going with the war. The second Spoiler one, I learned this movie has multiple crucifixions. The second one, though, that one got me. And the second one is shocking. <laughs> the second one is shocking. Yeah, I mean, the first one was shocking. No, the second one, that's the shocking. The second one, one makes you forget about the first one. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about the movie when it was all said and done? I mean, it was. How'd you feel about it? The movie was fine. Yeah. It, 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 oh, you put it on the fine scale. It, it was dark. Yeah. Uh, everybody did a good job. Oh yeah. Um, 
It's just, it, it's, Rob Pattinson's all up here. Mom, mom, let me tell you about this every, chicken livers. Every, everybody was doing a really good southern accent. <laughs> they're all doing pretty sorts. good. Yeah, they're all doing their different ones. It was fun. Because um, none of them are actual southern, American southern. Exactly. But, it, it, I mean, it's de- definitely not a feel-good movie. No. And, and, and it, and no, no, no. I don't know. I don't know. It just feels... Did, did you laugh at any points? I mean, a couple times. There were a couple times where I, I laughed out loud at the absurdity of what was happening. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. Or the character's choices or something. Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, like, as a whole, it, it just feels like a Netflix version of this mid-century American gothic story. Yes, the southern gothic type thing. Yeah, it's just it's just another version of that story, and I've seen so many of these fucking stories, Chris. I get it. Times were shitty. People are garbage. <laughs> so it's like, I think maybe if it could have used more humor or the humor, like if the Coen brothers had made the exact same Ooh, That thing. would have been, you know, <laughs> the Coen brothers... A Coen Brothers version of this movie would just be a, a, another version of Fargo. A huge chunk of the fo- filmography is people are various degrees of shit. Yeah, yeah. but 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 they they almost do it in like a whimsical, lighthearted way. Yes, <laughs> yes. Even when they get dark, <laughs> even when they go really dark, even, even when we, we're like we're gonna dispose of bodies and wood chippers. Yes, but it makes you laugh when they and, do and it. And you're like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> like he attacked him with an axe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so this uh, this director, Antonio Campos, like his other films don't necessarily have that sort of, I like this filmography, like it doesn't have that inkling of, oh, he goes, uh, he goes with the whimsy, or he, he leans into the comedy, so I feel like the movie maybe could have been more, com- not comedic, just darkly, like, absurdist, mm. maybe, maybe he played it a little too straight, just for my taste. I don't know. It is very much a movie where either you're going to like it or yeah. you're not, I think, because of its tone. Yeah. I mean, if, like if the Coens had done this movie, like you would have gotten a shot with the uh, the preacher with the spider bite on his head, but it would have been played for hilarity as opposed to gruesomeness. Yes. You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It and been, it could have used stuff like that. And it could have been, <laughs> like, been like, oh, that's... Like this, <laughs> like this movie is wild instead of like man this movie is pretty kind of depressing <laughs> and I mean well acted and everything dark. but ugh. I did like how um, the voiceover was the was done by the author of the novel okay because I saw in the credits it said that uh, like novel by this name and then it said uh, narration by that name I was like oh those are the same names well that's good because th- that guy talked like he had written the book. Yeah. <laughs> like he talked like he had lived all of that. Yeah, he, yeah, he was speaking like, uh, I know these words. And <laughs> it reminds me, I think it, I don't know if it was the same deal, but Assassination of Jesse James by Kyle Robert Ford has huge chunks of like just someone narrating the book. And I wonder if that was also the author. A Christmas Story. I don't know. Uh, the voiceover narrator for a Christmas Story is the the author of all the Who, all that stuff. whoever that guy is he's got a great he could have a great career doing voice work which one the Christmas Story guy no or the, the, this this guy? this guy oh yeah sure yeah. Yeah. He, he could be the the white Southern Morgan Freeman <laughs> <laughs> he's got a good voice he does I give it to that white boy he's got a pretty good voice I know my old man and I I don't mind the Southern twang in it for some reason a lot of the times I it, do well it works for it and especially in this case especially with this story mm-hmm. this. Uh, Story between knock em stiff. Once he said knock em stiff, I was like, this is a novel. <laughs> you don't get away with that in a fucking movie. <laughs> it's a goddamn book. And then also that should 
be a hint that it is supposed to be more comedic. Yeah. Knock them stiff. I know, right? Out of here. And then it pans <laughs> to a map, a busy ass map, and they're like, oh, yeah, there, there it is. is. <laughs> knock them stiff, Ohio, between Mead and Knock them stiff. Um, I thought, I thought it was, you know, I, I, so it's fine. I, I would put it above the fine scale. I think it's a good movie. It's a one eye fine. You go with one eye fine because you said it fine. It, you, is, it is straight fine. Yeah, you were just like, it's fine. <laughs> The it's way fine. you said it, I was yeah. like, oh, there's only one eye. <laughs> yes. Uh, I would say it's good. I enjoyed it as much as you could enjoy this type of uh, darkly uh, meat type of movie. No. Pattinson is, is pretty wild in his accent. He's, oh, I'm, I'm up here. Oh, yeah. The whole thing with the chicken livers. These chicken livers. <laughs> oh, there's a beat up platter. I, I mean, that, that was probably my favorite scene where. That's pretty silly. It's a scene where he's the new pastor of a tiny church and they have a, a potluck. And he's standing there like, oh, the way he's like praising the tables. Ooh, oh, yeah. Dude, the, the way he tasted the chicken livers was well, wild. Yeah, he <laughs> sucked his fingers in the juice and then sucked his finger in his mouth. He's like sucked on him. He's like, <laughs> he's like yes. Like, well, this guy is. You're not, weird. <laughs> this guy is not good in the head. But then, so then it cuts to him like appraising the table, taking foods. And then everyone else is standing further back watching him like, oh, the pastor gets to eat first. I was like, this is some fucked up and. uh it feels real, even though it's absurd. Like it felt real. No, the reason, the only reason why it feels absurd to you is because of when and where you grew up. That I'm, sh- I'm sure at the time that was totally the way it was. That's what I'm saying. That's why I was saying it feels real because it's still the religious aspect of it and the um, the veneration of the pastor and trying to impress him without like, even knowing who the hell he is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Red meats and white meats, <laughs> and someone brought livers. Org- I will eat these <laughs> organs. <laughs> Like, what is he doing? What is this guy? He's insane. I found it enjoyable. Uh, how could I... Would I be able to recommend it? No, I mean, it depends. It's totally like... It depends uh, on your type yes, of movie. It's, I it mean, depends it, on it, who if, you if, are. If we're talking and you're like, yeah, The Road was a good movie, I'd be like, well, have you seen The Devil all the time? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Did The Road make you laugh? <laughs> because this, this, this one this, might give this you... This will make you giggle. This will give you a few good chucks. And, and, and after that, you know what? There's another movie that's got... Uh, there's another movie that you should watch, too. It's got Aaron Pattinson in it as well. It's called Rover. And then after that, watch The Proposition. Oh, oh man, Rover. And then after those four movies, just go kill yourself. So you're going backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Proposition's sad. Do you have brother issues? Watch The Proposition. <laughs> Do you, that'll make sure it'll touch on all of them. Oh, yeah. We got the younger brother. Fuck up. Uh, like, oh, I fucked up my younger brother. We got all oh, the older brothers, the bad guys. Like, <laughs> the middle brother. What do you? What's your What's your particular pattern? <laughs> proposition. Because we're going to hit them all. We're going to hit them all. Uh, also, there's a rape, so that's cool too. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it's a hard ass movie, <laughs> man. It's like all those movies in my book, like they're all on that just like hard level. Yeah, John Hillcoat. What I, the last movie I can think of that he did was The Lawless, which is a prohibition movie yeah, where, no, where I, Guy Pierce yeah. shaved his eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that was weird. That was yeah. He said he just showed up. He was like, I felt like this would be the type of character who was so anal about his appearance that he didn't even like hair. So he had a crazy high and tight haircut and even shaved off his eyebrows on purpose. Whatever you say, but guy. He, yeah, he just showed up. And I was like, <laughs> all right, guy. I mean, it, let's, it, hear, let's hear that accent. Definitely went for an interesting it went for an interesting look for the villain. Actually, I wonder, I think his accent was sort of similar to the pattern. They both went without the high, high tone they did. southern. Yes. Which is a funny way to foreigners look at American... The fake aristocrats, sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. The devil all the time. It's a, it, it's definitely one that's a. Everyone was going for it. You know what I mean? It's like no oh, one. No, no one was thinking that they were making just a run of the mill. No. Even uh, not Jennifer Lawrence popped up mm-hmm, for uh, a little bit for a while there. 
I like the Jason Clark. Speaking of uh, an Australian showing up doing some. Uh, I mean, the young scars guard. Not specific American. Young scars guard. Yeah. The young one. Yeah. The youngest so, so far. So, uh, I'm, I'm sure there's another. Stri- striking looking. I'm, I'm sure there's another 12 of them that have yet to hit the boat over here they, yet. They're, <laughs> their eggs haven't hatched yet in the, in the Scars Guard incubator system that they got set up. I think they have to wait. There's like a. Uh, <laughs> a time limit? Like every three years one pops out? Not necessarily more like a market saturation. Thing. Okay. I think they have to wait for one of them to like his career to end or maybe Stellan will die. <laughs> right, I, we, I highly doubt that. Once he dies, right now we can only. Sh- Three eggs. <laughs> like Alexander quits. Sorry, we'll open a new egg. Uh-huh. Stellan dies. We need three eggs. <laughs> That's a lot of scars, guys. We gotta make up for. They're everywhere. Um, stellar, stellar skateboards. <laughs> media diets. Let's get into our media diets. Uh, Lovecraft Country and Raised by Wolves have both been pretty much moved now to the Patreon show, guys. So bummer for you if you're not a patron. But we released um, bonus episodes where we talk about the first five episodes for each. They're both doing 10-episode seasons, so this works out great. Uh, I didn't watch this week's Raised by Wolves. I did it again, Drew. Two I episodes. I watched them both. You watched them both? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. Um, and they fucking flip the script on us again. What? They, <laughs> they do all sorts of... Man, these next two episodes are bonkers. They're good at that stuff. <laughs> so that was episode six and seven they put yes. out. So then they have 8, 9, and 10. I wonder how they're going to then approach those final, putting out those last three. I have a feeling it's probably going to be 8, 9, and then, and, then a 10. and then 10 will be like an hour and a half. That'd be cool. That'd be, shit, I'd be down for that. Uh, I have it in the second half of the show, but I'll go ahead and drop it now. Uh, quick news, anyway. They announced uh, season two for HBO, for sure. They're uh, breaking story now on the second season, so. Good. It's happening. Season two's happening. Awesome. More Travis Fimmel. <laughs> they, I mean, you hope so. <laughs> we haven't got to the end of the season yet. <laughs> Let's see. It is a wild show. Uh, Travis Fimmel. Uh, and then Ray, uh, uh, Lovecraft Country also, too. We're, 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 we're talking about that on the Patreon. But they just so they did episode five early. Is yeah. there an episode six yet? They, Not yet. No, so that's tonight. Yeah. yeah, okay. So there isn't even an episode to talk about there anyway. And then also on HBO, just started... I want to watch the Luca Guadagno show, um, We Are Who We Are, which is about a, a centers on a teenage kid whose mom is a military mom, gets sent to a, a military base in Italy. So it's like late 80s. It's like, call me, that's why it's compared a lot to Call Me By Your Name, because mm-hmm. it's about the uh, late teens. Uh, uh, it's in Italy, and same time period, and all that stuff. First up just came out want to watch that and then there's a show that's only six episodes i think with jute law i saw the trailer for that yes some it does, looks weird it does look weird about some sort of island it's uh the first three episodes are called summer and then the last three are called winter and they're two different stories set in the same place so the first three feature jute law and then the last three feature naomi harris okay so it's two separate stories i think that one maybe i'll just let it See what happens. See how it goes. Build up to the six. See what the word of mouth is if it's well reviewed, and then well, yeah, because it's a limited series too, so it's not like there's going to be a second one. Exactly. There's yeah, no plans for it, so I'm not rushing into any of this. So anyway, that's HBO stuff. Uh, I rewatched one movie, and then I watched a movie for the first time. Uh, remember the program? The college football movie from 1993 with James Caan as a football coach for ESU Eastern State University. Sounds familiar. Probably because you saw it when you were younger. Do you remember uh, 
a scene shown in trailers of a football team laying down in the street in the middle of the road as like cars pass back and forth. Mm, I don't know about that. No. This movie, the program, had that. It's all about a college football program in one year uh, during a season. And uh, Mike Epps, Omar Epps, Mike Epps is in it. One of the Epps. Um, and uh, in the trailer, and I think even when the movie came out for like a week or so, there was a, a scene of like the team doing a activity together, sort of, I guess you can say, where they went out into the street. And like laid down in the middle of a busy highway, right on the yellow line, and then whoosh, cars mm-hmm. were like driving back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the movie got pulled so they could cut that scene out because like kids, kids started were, doing that kids shit. Kids started doing that shit. Yeah. And uh, so that's a bit of a movie lore. It's a it's a fun, fine, weird movie. Uh, not too many movies about college football, and it's funny that this is one that's about the program and all the things like uh, helping students uh like slide in the classes mm-hmm. and try to make sure to stay on the team they do the movie thing where one guy is like i'm gonna buy you a whole new house when i sign that nfl contract so mama. is this just uh is this just uh blue chips with football blue chips is a better movie yes it's blue chips Bo- with both with james Conn, though, right if i'm not mistaken nick nolte oh nick nolte right so i watched the program i don't recall how I heard about this movie, but I heard about this. And I was like, this sounds fucking bananas. I need to look it up no matter how bad it is. And boy, is it bad. All right. I don't recommend it to anyone. It's from 1981, and it's called Under the Rainbow. And it's about starring Chevy Chase. Okay. Carrie Fisher. Mm. Okay. Yeah. He. I, I have to look it up, too. He was my goddamn age. He was 38 when he made this movie, and she was uh, like 25. Mm-hmm. Pretty big difference there and um most of the rest of the cast is uh made up of little people they had okay. up to 150 little people extras actors and extras throughout this movie it takes place in 1938 and it is a screwball comedy sort of murder mystery set during the production of the wizard of oz okay yeah so something happens in munchkin land i'll tell you right now there's a hotel that they book uh, for all the little people to, to stay in, like right by the production. Uh, it's it's a, a series of, uh, you know, bad decisions, everything coming together. So mm-hmm. it's all, everything's fucked up, right? So all these little people are going to stay at this hotel. Uh, at the same time, a group of 20 Japanese, oh, this is very unfortunate. The movie does not age well. Japanese Amateur Photographer Society. Do that acronym. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they show <laughs> They show up. All wearing white suits. This is an important detail. And they, they check into a hotel. Uh, Chevy Chase is a Secret Service agent who's escorting uh, some, like, international ambassador guy and his wife and, like, their dog. And he's afraid. He's super paranoid about someone trying to assassinate him. And Chevy Chase is like, You're, no one's here trying to assassinate you. And the whole time in the background, Pink Panther style, some goofball Italian guy is, like, trying to assassinate this guy and fucking up every, every step of the way. Um... Carrie Fisher plays the talent management for the little people. And then most of the murder mystery, the murder mystery comes from this, which I did not see this coming. Cut to, remember it's 1938. Cut to Hitler talking to a uh, legendary actor, Billy Barty, who's a little, little person with a fake mustache and glasses doing a German accent, sends him to this hotel where he's going to meet with a Japanese uh, like uh, uh, intelligence officer guy. He's like, oh, I know who it is. Well, he's going to be the Japanese guy in the white suit. 
how we know who I am? Oh, well, he'll just know you by your size. He's and like, oh, yeah, sure, okay. And then it's a hotel full of little people and full of Japanese people. In white so. in white suits. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, yeah, and then there we go. Everyone's running around. People are dying because they're drinking like the, the assassin's trying to kill this guy. So his attempts to kill the guy are then killing other people and stuff. It's a fucking mess. Just like the movie. It's a mm-hmm. goddamn mess. It's all based on the rumors, the legend that uh, when the little people... The actors of that movie, and of course, they don't call them little people. They're all midgets, dwarfs. Mm-hmm. They, no. they use the M word often, yes. often, often. The uh, legends have it that the hotel they were booked into, they completely took it over, and like they partied crazy, and it was wild. I'm uh, sure they did. So, well, some of that's been like sort of debunked, but this movie goes like, no, we're going with the legend. And they, there's even a room with like a, a pimp with a, with a prostitute in there. And um, there's a whole line of uh, little people, dudes, to, to get in. And uh, an 80-yard joke about, uh, I've never gone up on a woman before or something like that. Yeah, so I don't recommend this movie. All right. So I was like, maybe Chevy Chase. Will- no. no. Was, oh, it'd be nice to see Carrie Fisher. And it was, but it's still not there. Yeah. Nah. Under the rainbow, no recommended. All right, I, I, I won't just, watch it. Yeah, it's a one. Yeah, don't watch it. It's one of those things where you, sometimes you just have to watch something really bad, so you can really truly understand how mm-hmm. hard it is to make a movie, mm-hmm. what bad is, recalibrate and everything. You mm-hmm. know, get your true north that type of thing. Sorry, one of the rainbow, but that was you this time around. So that's it. That was my media diet for a week. What do you got here? Ah, uh, so Lovecraft Country, obviously raised by wolves, mm-hmm. got caught up with that. Yes. Oh. Uh, Watch uh, caught up with the vow as well. Ah, oh, that's, that's see that one's on my list. Wacky as shit. Yeah. How many episodes are we on that? Four, Four. now. Yeah. Okay. Episode five is this week. Sometime I'm gonna have out. to. I'm so, gonna have to do it. Yeah, man. It's fucking wild, crazy shit. These people are crazy. And they filmed it. <laughs> yeah, and they filmed all of it. <laughs> that is so, for all of us to watch. That is so nuts. So, uh, I I finished the wire. And and, and uh, did it like uh, maintain good momentum? It was good. Yeah, I was surprised. Uh, season four got away from McNulty and started like a hardcore dive on like the Baltimore school system. So that was a little weird. Okay. Um, but at the same time, it also took the focus on to like these four kids. So for the next two seasons, you follow them. Okay. And the ending of the wire is kind of like the ending of uh, the Devil All the Time. It is just not. All that uplifting. <laughs> it's just, because it's real. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's a bleak situation. Oh, guess what? They have in Baltimore still. Yeah, yeah exactly. Shit's so yep. bad there. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. They, they, they even had a, uh, a fake serial killer in, in, in season five. <laughs> really? That, yeah. Where, so the, uh, why were we throwing in serial killers? Why? Now? Because the, 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 boss, the, the Baltimore PD was so strapped for cash that uh, the detectives made up a serial killer so, oh. so they could keep a wire on the drug deal, the literal fake. Yeah, they okay. literally made up a serial killer just to get funding. That's pretty funny. It was so weird. So that must, <laughs> so that must have happened then, right? Because this know. guy, this guy's a crime reporter. I don't know. Or maybe he just took it to the next level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, you know, you guys could do. You know, this. we could just go straight off the walls with this shit. Someone told them we contemplated doing this, but we didn't actually do it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, then in my story, you are going to do mm-hmm. it. Right. And uh, in season five, episode seven, we get uh, Detective Munch in a bar. From Homicide. All right, there you go. So you mentioned, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Munch, so, munch in a bar. So that means The Wire is part of the... The Munch Connected Universe? Uh, yeah, the Munch Connected Universe. We have that, Homicide Life on the Street, yeah. and all of Law and Order because he was just in one part of it, so it takes all of it. It, it connects. It's all So all, all those connected. universes are connected in one weird world. That is hysterical. That is an awful world to live in. It, it, <laughs> it is a crime-infested world. 
But depending on where you're living in that world, you know, sometimes justice is served. Everyone, <laughs> like usually, you know, they do. We, we know in those worlds, at least, they're mostly cops doing their best in most of those worlds. I don't know about the wire. Are there any other cops like shown they're, as being like? I mean, they're trying to do good. They, yeah. they, they usually for in the wire, it's more of the uh, the ends justify the means mm. type of shit. Mm. CIA so, type shit. Yeah, so they're doing bad stuff, but it's for a good cause. Yeah, those those uh, <laughs> Chicago PD black sites where they took uh, uh, people they arrested before they took them to the PD. Exactly. And, yes. Oh boy, yes, that type of shit. So. Um, okay. Cool. The uh, the wire. So that was fun. And then I started watching The Sopranos. All right. Excellent. Very cool. I'm on season one, episode eight. Oh, so you already made a good dent into it. Yeah. Weird seeing all those people super young, right? Oh, uh, yes and no. Because this is like 2000. Like I said, I mean. What, I mean, what year is it? 99, 2000? 99, 2000. Yeah. The, the, the most stark thing is the technology. Like the, the phones and stuff? The phones, the computers, the quote unquote yeah. internet. The <laughs> Go back and watch season one of The Sopranos and you're like, oh yeah, the internet. I forgot one. I forgot it used to look like that. Since it was late 90s. Yeah. Like, Dude, you've got mail. There's a whole movie called You've Got Mail. Yeah. They, they yeah. made yep. a movie based yes. on an AOL soundbite. Yes. That's incredible. Uh-huh. We were we were so we were so dumb and mm-hmm. we were just fascinated by. Yeah. There's a chat room. Yeah. I can pretend to be a girl and talking yeah. to other dudes pretending to be girls. I mean, we're gonna see. Uh, we're gonna see how it goes from the way that everybody had had talked up the Sopranos. Yeah. Uh, throughout the ages, uh, not gonna lie, I was expecting a lot better. Well, come on, it's the first. <laughs> it's the first season. They do eight seasons. It's a it's a type of thing where six A six B. So only seven. Well, technically six, but it's on. It says six A six B. Yes, because they're like short, they did the thing where there were shortened seasons, yeah. and they they shot one half first. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I would think people would consider. I mean, it's like so many shows right in the middle, three, four, five, sweet spot. No. Yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe you're watching like this all bunch of nonsense. I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm still oh you're wait, still waiting. I'm still waiting for just a character to like. Interesting. <laughs> no fan of Christopher. Christopher, he he he's the youngest and the dumbest, he's and he's, a, he's making all of the mistakes so far. He is the dumbest. He's like everybody's a... doing all this work, and he is just fucking it up left and right because he wants to be famous. He's... I have a feeling <laughs> it's going to get him shot in the face by someone who loves him. <laughs> fucking, <laughs> fucking Christopher, Christopher over here. Um, who like, go, who goes by Christopher? That's like, like I wouldn't either. be surprised. Like, I obviously haven't seen the show, but I wouldn't be surprised if Tony's the one who ends up killing him. Fucking Tony. I love you, but it, I got it, to. It's between heavy nose fingers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I also call, uh, me, call me on the prepaid. And I also, speaking of uh, James Gandolfini, I also half watched uh, this movie called Fallen. The Denzel one? Yeah, I remember Fallen. Denzel Washington uh, doing, like, ghost police. Yes, and isn't that the one where he's in a, a hospital bed the whole time? No. I'm thinking of a different one. Different That's one. Bones. That's Bones, because I was talking to Jennifer Lawrence over the phone. Jennifer Lopez. Um, John Goodman? Yes. Yes. Yes, John. James Gandolfini with a mustache. I love <laughs> I love 90s Gandolfini the, appearances. The, the 80s, we got uh, an... Still old, but not on death's door, Donald Sutherland. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> Again, sweet spot where he's yeah. like, are his eyeballs about to pop out of his head <laughs> from glaucoma? Or is he, st- or is he he's gonna look exactly like this for the next twenty years? Yeah, which is what he did. No, so that's, that's great. Um, 
It was all right. Yeah, it's it's a fine movie. I, I, it, it, it's a '90s thriller. Yeah, I half watched it. It yeah. was it, with, with the supernatural bent yeah, of like it, it, touching people. Exactly. It, it it was what it was. Mm-hmm. I I liked seeing James Gandolfini with his silly pedophile <laughs> mustache. Yeah, like this is a choice. All right. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. We know. We didn't tell you to do it. We know. We know that's why you're doing it. Um, okay. Anything else you got? That was it. That was it. That's everything. That's a, that's a fun run of stuff there. Little again, Dolphini heavy. Let's see. Mm-hmm. I hope I hope the it grabs you. I hope it grabs your attention. Me too. We'll R- right now, I'm just watching a show about about a uh, a mob boss who's losing his mind and hanging out with a bunch of stupid, stupid, stupid Italians. I think that's the important thing too to realize that when it came out in '99, 2000, the idea that it was, anything like that, yeah, no, I, yeah, a mob boss who's yes. like seeing a therapist mm-hmm. and talking about his feelings, mm-hmm. people are like, oh my god, this no, is yeah. I I I and I, I, now, I now it's like yeah. I am watching it through that lens, yeah. and I'm starting to think that this is one of the shows that like did it first, yeah, and then everybody's just been ripping it off since, and, so, and some even doing it better, yeah, yeah. So yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, okay, all right. Well, there you go. Those are our media diets. What's in your media diet? Uh, call us one eight five 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 Crespediso nine thousand, and uh, let us know what you're enjoying this week. Uh. For all the people out there, uh, I don't know where I was going with that sentence. Let's start that sentence over. Uh, in this uh, half here, uh, in, in the break, you know what? Let's do a take <laughs> Before we start the second half of the show, we're going to take a break. And in that break, I'm going to play. I know, Drew. They got that one bad. I'm not going to edit that either. I could easily edit it all out. I'm not going to. But it's funny. Just leave it in. The, uh, I caught up with Boris. I'm doing another quarantine catch-up. I caught up with Boris Garvey. Uh you may remember him from episodes 281 or episode 325. He's been on a couple times. Uh, always the popular guest. So uh, we caught up. I asked him what, what three things he's getting into. Drew, may surprise you. Uh, I told him anything, movies, TV, anything, whatever no, you'd be getting into. No, nothing would surprise me with Boris. He, he Literally went, nothing. He went for the, all three choices. Uh, spoiler alert, all sci-fi. There okay. you go. There you go. So uh, we find out what he's been getting up to for the last few months, and then he has some stuff to promote. So it's about a 10-minute conversation. Hope you guys enjoy it. Right after that, it will go into Billy D's Death of the Movies. Uh, Shouts to Billy D up in New York. And then we'll be back with the second half. I think we have at least one comment in the Facebook group to read. I don't think I got any emails. I'll double-check. And uh, But like always, tons of movie news and stories, things of that nature. Put my book away. All right, Drew. You ready? Mm-hmm. Well, well then, good. Uh, and here we are, hanging out with Boris Garbe. Uh, my friend Boris, how you doing, sir? Hi, friend Chris. I'm good. How's everything? Uh, well, you know, er- everything is okay publicly. Well, let's let's get into it, Boris. I've been wanting to catch up with friends and, and people who are friends of the show and ask them what they've been getting through the pandemic with what kind of stuff they've been watching reading listening to anything like that so do you have three things that you'd like to share with the listeners and me and you know that i have a very eclectic uh also known as i can't believe that old guy watches crap like that but (laughs) i think the last time i was telling you that i was going through two of lucille bolt's terrible terrible old shows here's Mm -hmm. lucy and blah 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 so i decided I'm going to try the original Star Trek show. The one from the, the, the Lucille Ball produced one. Yes, the William Shatner one. So I am on season one of that. I'm on the eighth, eighth disc. And I have to say it was very, very difficult at first 
because when you're used to like the, the very expensive special effects, mm -hmm. the sets of the original Star Trek look like high school sets. Yeah. Blinking lights, you mm -hmm. know, and every time like the thing moves and shakes, like everybody's pretending to go to the right and then to the left. And the chairs, however, are not moving at all on the floor, even though they're not mounted on the floor. So yeah. there's there's a lot of my. I feel like a, a like a Saturday Night Live skit. Mm -hmm. And 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 Spock. And this is why I don't like first seasons. And the, the, the actors are still struggling to find their persona. Yes. And Spock in first season. And people, please correct me. Is very emotional. Very emotional. Oh. The whole like, point of that character is that it's all logic, no emotion. And exactly. Wow. And then he keeps calling Kirk my friend and my good friend and putting <laughs> his arm around him. And of course, he's never like that later on. You know? mm -hmm. um, I have also started watching a, a uh, I don't know what, 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 it, um, uh, Stranger Things. Yes, on Netflix. Okay. Netflix, yeah. And how are you um, liking that one? Well, I think it's been a lot of overhype. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, but I'm not giving up yet, you know. And I hear season one and two are the best, and then apparently it just goes right into the crapper, you know. Uh, no, is no. that is that your kind of genre uh, necessarily? Like that kind of throwback '80s sort of sci-fi horror type thing? I love sci-fi. Not sci-fi horror, but sci-fi mystery. Okay, sure. Uh, where they go and define cities that are, you know, there's empty cities and they try to figure out what went on there and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. The older I get, and this is so sad, I cannot watch rated R movies anymore. Oh, really? What, uh, the, the violence, the, the gore, gore, all that stuff? And, yeah, it's just like, and I used to love that stuff, but now it's just like, uh, I don't feel good watching it. <laughs> and the third thing I'm seeing is, yes. and I, I just got the CD, is I'm going to start the Superman series, the ones with Christopher Reeve, which I believe it or not, I have never seen. And those definitely were the ones from my generation, 78, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, 81, 83, and then 87. Wow, I love those movies. Well, I love one and two. Three is a lot of fun. Yes. And four is uh, it's, it's a lot of fun too. It's a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, they're fun in their own ways. Yes, that, yes. that's for sure. But I, I genuinely really like uh, Superman the movie and Superman two. I think they're great. And there was some kind of controversy about Superman two and Superman three. Apparently, Richard Donner directed most of Superman two. And who is it? Who is it that replaced Donner? Richard Lester. Richard Lester, and yeah. then everybody was saying no. Richard Lester did most of two, and mm -hmm. then Superman three came out, which was all Richard Lester, and then the jig was up. Um, okay, well, listen, I want to catch up with you on uh, what you've been doing. All right, you, we're coming up on this season one finale of the experience with Chris Fio, yeah. which you've which you've birthed, you've created out of nothing. Out of nothing, and and I love that because I mean, my my thing is. I've seemed to have become this contrarian that when somebody says you can't do it, that's apparently the go ahead for me to say, oh, hell, yes, mm -hmm. I can. Mm -hmm. no, can't open a gallery in a, in a lobby of a luxury apartment building. Yes, I can. And mm -hmm. I did. We're now the second biggest gallery in Orlando. Now, I will say this. 
we beat Snap, but that's bullshit because Snap is the biggest gallery in town. And I think we need to have some kind of understanding about who is the biggest gallery and who are the galleries around the biggest gallery. Snap mm-hmm. is the biggest gallery. We should have never beaten Snap. That's insane. Mm-hmm. I am glad to be in the same company as Snap. It, it, the same thing happened with um, the experience with Chris Field. They, that show placed higher than Tom and Dan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Chris, don't kill me, but that's bullshit. <laughs> Tom and Dan are the king the kings of podcasting. The fact that we placed around them, that's the miracle. That's the sure. So this year alone, my co-star Marla E from uh, the web series uh, Kiss, Kiss My, my Heart, Heart, which is coming back, just coming back in uh, October. Great. Uh, she is now ex- uh, um, producing a show called The Herald Guard Project with the, the artist Harold Gard, who's 97, and he wanted his own talk show. So like we were talking to him and he's like, I would like to ask guests my own questions. And so Marla was like, okay, so you want to talk about art? And he's like, I don't want to fucking talk about art. I just want to interview people. This came from the 97 year old. Nice. So I looked at Marla and I said, I know exactly what we're going to do. We're going to build a set for you. And we're just going to bring you cre- uh, freaks. <laughs> that's what's what's do now and by freaks i mean interesting people who are not afraid to talk yes. so this is not a safe safe talk show you know uh so that's that that's one thing we have going Excellent. the second thing is you know uh kiss my art used to have a live version of it at Maxine's, and i think you've been there once yes. right yes we're hoping to bring that back uh i am now on a radio show that's all in Spanish, but we've changed the format. It's going to be Spanish and English so that our American friends all over the world and here in Orlando can hear it's called World of Music with the great tenor Rafael Cabello. That is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on Romantica84.com. It's super easy. You just go to your computer, to your phone, your Mm -hmm. computer, whatever, Mm Romantica84. You listen to us. Marla is going to have her own Facebook show called Art is Everywhere. It starts in 2021, where she invites artists to come to her house and discuss art. Uh, Ted Pogard and I are going to have our show called Art AF, which stands for Art as Fuck. Yes. Or or Art All Forms, and that hopefully starts filming in November. Um, Okay, finally, tell me about this documentary. This documentary, um, so the Fusion Film Festival approached me and what they do is every year, they highlight three um, um, what's the correct way? Three people that were not born here in the United States Mm -hmm. that are either on a work visa uh, or they have become American. I'm on a work visa. And so they had a whole crew here, like 15 people. They followed me for three days and they put this short documentary together about my experience here in the United States. And I think, you know, the other two, I don't want to say it this way, but from what I was hearing is that they were critical of the United States Mm -hmm. and I am not. Mm -hmm. And I chose to remain 
positive about my experience here, uh, the things I've encountered here, and how I see the future. For example, I have experienced homophobia, xenophobia, I have experienced flat out uh, straight white privilege that got in my face and tried to tell me how to run things even though they were not old or gay or a foreigner, but they were going to tell me how to do. I've experienced obviously being beaten up in high school mm -hmm. for being gay. I've experienced um, not being able to speak the language. I was at Publix just last year and I was wearing my tag that said Boris and somebody came up to me and said, go back to Russia. I mean, and on top of that, I still love this country. This is still the best country in the world. This is still a country where somebody like me, who is a major contrarian, can come out and make a career. I mean, think about it. In the documentary, I say I've had to come out of the closet four times. Once as a gay man, twice as an alcoholic, thrice as a, as a person who doesn't believe in a higher power. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm running an art gallery, I've had to admit I don't like art. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Where else do you have the opportunity to build something now that sounds like a like a like a throwaway line but the reality is the last one where i don't care about art i care about the artist there is no gallery chris that is more concerned about the artist than the art mm -hmm. because you have to sell art you have to keep your bottom thing going you know you have to make art i've decided I'm here about the artist, helping the artist, you know. Uh, well, thanks, Boris. I really appreciate Absolutely. it, buddy. Uh, hope, uh, chin up. I hope everything uh, continues well for you as best as possible these days. And yeah, we'll we'll get together as a PFT Media family one day soon, hopefully. Yep. At least maybe outdoors or something like that. Always good to see you. Let's have lunch soon. And uh, let's let's talk about some projects. Yes. Yeah, we're going to have stuff to talk about for sure. Thanks, sports. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you, Chris. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. Billy D's Death of the Movies. What's up, my dudes? Back to my regularly scheduled viewings now that my Fantasia Fest coverage is over. But the winds are blowing strong out of the north, and I'm back with another Canadian horror film. This one coming from a collaboration between the creatives behind What Keeps You Alive, Grave Encounters, Harpoon, and Extraterrestrial. And uh, I liked all of those movies. Currently, some of the most underrated horror and thrillers being crafted today are being made north of the border. Spiral is the newest film from Curtis David Harder and writers Colin Minahan and John Pollockin. It's about a same-sex couple, Aaron and Malik, who relocate from the city to a rural area for a fresh start and a better future for their teenage daughter. In 1995, shortly after moving into their new home, Malik begins to notice and experience some homophobia and covers up an act of vandalism. Much of the conflict comes from Aaron not being as attuned to these injustices as Malik is and goes about life normally, going so far as to actually blame Malik for overreacting and being hostile towards their new neighbors because he survived a traumatic hate crime as a young man. I really liked all these characters, and a lot can be read into their actions. Aaron may be less attuned to the homophobia because he is a newly out man and white, where Malik has been an out gay man his entire life and is black. His sense of awareness of racism and homophobia is so much more developed than Aaron's is. And Aaron seems to really only get how others perceive his relationship when he overhears his daughter talking on the phone to her now distant boyfriend. And the boyfriend says something about how, even though Malik's a cool dude, you probably shouldn't share drinks 
with them. That actually hit pretty hard for me as something that I had totally forgotten about until then. The specifically 90s fear that being near gays meant exposure to HIV and AIDS. Hashtag only 90s kids, am I right? Things just get darker and weirder in this film, and it does go on a little bit of a detour towards the end, but I don't think it derailed the experience. I just felt it dragged out a little bit in the third act. Overall, I really like Spiral, and this team is making interesting and thought-provoking horror cinema, and they're making films for everyone, about characters who don't get enough representation. One of the things I liked about Spiral and uh, what keeps you alive is that these are just couples. Their sexuality has little to do with their characters, or rather, it isn't the point of the film. They're just couples, and their struggles are pretty universal, which is awesome to see. This is what normalizing queer and LGBT relationships looks like, and the future is bright. I'm glad that my favorite genre seems to be making strides to be more inclusive, and that Shudder seems to be a home for these types of progressive creative ideas. Horror's awesome. Stay cool, Billy D. Alright, thank you very much, Boris Garby. Thank you very much, Billy D. What did you guys think? Let's check the phone lines. No one's, uh, mm-hmm. no one's calling Drew. That happens. Why did I spend all this money on this phone system for? I don't know. I had to build a whole other room just to house the phone uh, the phone housing unit. I, God damn it, Drew Sakagra. Chris, you didn't talk to me about it. I would have told I you did, not did. to do it. I, I did. That's right, because that's exactly why I didn't talk to you about it, because I knew you would talk me out of it, and mm-hmm. I was like, no, I got it. I have to do this well, if I want the show to grow. Obviously, it didn't work. Anyway, so now we're down to so, zero. So I wasn't, I wasn't even asked, and I was right. Correct. Very annoying. <laughs> So we're down to zero dollars in our Patreon funds, guys. So please sign up at patreon.com slash uh so we can get this phone line working, get you guys calling and having a good time. Uh, Facebook group. If, you, if you're on Facebook, get off of it. But if you're not going to get off it, then at least join our group, Cinema Crespediso. And uh, I put up a comment slash question thread, usually with a, a saucy picture of Drew sitting behind his... Uh, uh, Two cents. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what the, the psych- psychiatrist is in mm-hmm. booth. Yeah, yeah. Straight out of uh, peanuts. Uh, I don't even remember where that thing came from. <laughs> Bill drew it, and then I colored it. But the whole the whole stand and everything. I I, I don't know about the stand and everything. Like the the Lucy uh, peanut style. I think you know. I, th- I think that was probably me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well. I, I think. Bill definitely drew it, and I think I just copied it and pasted. Well, uh, I put maybe up, you did some stuff too. I don't remember. Now, I, now, I, now I just paste things onto it. I sticker sticker pictures onto it. I put up a picture, some sort of a saucy picture, maybe. Uh, everyone's wearing masks because it's twenty twenty. Got to got to remind everyone's yep. wearing masks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I put it up there so people can leave questions, comments, reviews, whatever. We'll read it on the show. And Juicy Cog, we're going to do it just like this. Uh, Carmella gets at us. What up, Carmella? Hi, I'm Jeff Goldblum. That was the wrong button, but go ahead. Chris. Yes. You are well known within the Orlando podcasting community. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. Moving on. Well, for being the professor oh. of podcasting, POP. Oh, oh, there's more. And for your luxurious hair, do you have any conditioner recommendations or home studio mic re- recommendations? Mm. Uh, for conditioner, no, don't use conditioner. You shouldn't be using uh, shampoos, really, if you want to ma- maintain hair. You want their natural oils to to do the lubricating, do the conditioning. But the shampoo strips it all out. That's why you're doing the conditioner, because you're trying to pull that shit back in. So, there's a whole Adam Ruins episode, everything. Adam Adam Ruins Shampoo once. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch Adam Ruins Everything? I did. That was a pretty good show. It I, is. I think they're still doing it. 
Anyway, one time Adam Adam ruins shampoo and conditioner, and that's a good episode. Watch it. As for indoor mics, Adam didn't ruin indoor mics, so I don't know uh, for that specifically. I would go with the um, those little CIA mics that you can put into like hiding phones mm-hmm. and and lamps and stuff. Mm-hmm. Did he say what he need the the mic for? No. So I'm assuming it's for like really gross illicit purposes. More than likely. So yeah, maybe one that's like uh, in a teddy bear. Depending on who you're trying to mic up here, you might be able to get a teddy bear into the situation more easily. I mean, I'm not trying to judge Carmella what you want to do with these indoor mics. Did he ask about outdoor mics? Nope. Good. Because I don't know nothing. nothing about outdoor mics. Mike Ditka, maybe. Is he not? He would be an outdoor mic. Yeah, you know, football's played outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else? Nope. That's the sound. Of this pleasure <laughs> from our audience. Guys, uh, we have an email, cinemacrespedisa.gmail.com. You can email us for read on the show just like this. Yep. There we uh, go. There we go. Should I get that out? <laughs> There's your email. Don't email us, but that's fine. You don't have to email us because we have plenty to talk about to get through the rest of the show. For example, did you know uh, the Tenant release, box office wise, has not been pleasing? To Warner Brothers and to exhibitors and to everyone overall. Okay. And that has been shown by uh, movies being delayed, mm-hmm. pushed back. Wonder Woman got delayed from October to Christmas. Mm-hmm. That's probably going to push Dune to next year. We're going to talk about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Widow, scheduled to come out November. Mm-hmm. That's looking to get pushed. Mm-hmm. Soul, the Pixar movie, mm-hmm. rumors that Disney has come and like, no, nah, we're not doing this, but... I don't know, I'll see when I believe it I mean, they said the same thing with Mulan. Mm-hmm. So. Soul maybe going Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's a a lot going on in terms of movies abandoning fall uh, release dates. The Russell Crowe me- meteorite movie, uh, Greenland, terrible title. Uh, that one got delayed. It was supposed to come out uh, within a few weeks here. That got pushed to like November or December. You mean Jared Butler. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um... Meanwhile, I just got a push notification today from Regal being all like, hey, 007's come out in November. Maybe you want to buy, get your tickets now. I think they're even trying to get people to reserve their tickets ahead of time. Interesting. So that hasn't moved yet. There are like eight or nine movies scheduled to come out in November, December. They haven't left their release dates yet, officially. But Well, I mean, some... Somebody is going to put out movies for people to watch if people are going to go watch movies. Uh, already, that was what the idea with Tenet. They're like, if we put out Tenet, people come out and see it. And it's like, yeah. It got a better box office in other foreign countries where they are ahead of us in dealing with the, all the virus shit. And more theaters have been able to open. And the public is more willing to go out. We just don't... We're not there. We just don't have that here. Uh, although, this is a strange move. This is one of those counterintuitive moves, all right? Everyone else is delaying shit. Universal, bump something up. Okay. All right. Uh, not exactly a movie that is like on people's radars, but it's a DreamWorks movie. Animation, The Croods, A New Age. There's a new Croods movie. Okay. It was supposed to come out December 23rd, which Wonder Woman just moved to. So now it got bumped back to November 25th, which is like probably without checking the calendar, Thanksgiving weekend, yeah. Black Friday weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is according to The Rep. Well, I'm sure Black Friday is going to be weird this year with retail hell? not being 
open or around anymore. Or are people? Yeah, what are people going to do? I, I got to get my deals on a toaster. Well, you have to wait in this line, and there's only uh, 15 people allowed in the store at once. Yes. And you have to wear a fucking mask. Oh, man. <laughs> The Venn diagram of people who don't want to wear masks and who line up for Black Friday sales are <laughs> pretty oh close. <laughs> Not exactly a flat circle, but it's close. <laughs> it's, it's, it is close. Um, so yeah, Universal. They're they're banking on some people are going, hopefully going to come out with their families. Like I don't know, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if theaters, um, if enough movies abandon release states, that theaters just like you know we're just going to shut down till like March. <laughs> It's I mean, easy. it's up to them. It's easier just way to do this and get into some sort of landlord restructuring programs and deal with all of that stuff and stop worrying about trying to operate with, like, no movies. No. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, okay, Ant-Man 3. This has made a little bit of waves, little splashies online. We got uh, uh, our boy, Jonathan Majors. Mm-hmm, from Lovecraft Country. Uh, and uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco. Yes, and uh, uh, maybe Descendant of Lee Majors. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Thoughts? I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. It's probably wrong, but I don't know. I don't know. Uh, he has signed on to... Pos- it's rumored, but... I mean, this this stuff normally doesn't come out of nowhere. Kang the Conqueror. He would be the villain. Okay. Time-traveling villain. Okay. Who uh, has been many iterations throughout Marvel. Mm-hmm. And could be a big deal. Some people are positing like a Thanos level size deal in terms of being able to restructure and reshape um, the MCU, dictate oh, how no. the MCU works. Oh, yeah. No, how yeah. it works. Yeah, no. Kang the Conqueror is one of those big villains. Mm hmm. It's just like, not as well, not even, even Thanos, not as well known as Thanos. Yeah, no, no, exactly. Yeah, one of those big villains where it's like, you don't just like go up against Kang the Conqueror yourself. Yeah. Like, you're not just like, hey, I'm just going to go, oh, Kang's over there. Well, let's just call Spider-Man and he'll take care of it. No, it's like, oh, wait, Kang's out there. All right. Can we get like all the superheroes, please? Yes. Because we need some help with this shit. Yeah. Say frequently, apparently, did a little bit of reading myself, battle, not reading of Kang, but reading up on it, battled. The Avengers in yes. many forms, and oh, this is what I read that was fascinating. Fantastic Four as well. Yes, there we go. Backdoor a introduction to fan- well. There's even a version of Kang where he, it's positive he's a descendant of Reed Richards. Apparently, no, okay. I read up on which Fun. is kind of yeah. interesting. No, well, like, I mean, again, it's time, time travel. travel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so this could be a fun little backdoor way for him to start getting uh Fantastic Four stuff. Yeah. Into because they got to work that in I mean, and uh, X Men. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy ha- has already taken MCU into space. Yes, so that now, is not a problem anymore. Now, now that we're there, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Space is not a problem. Other species, other beings. We've gone f- so far beyond the 2008, like, let's ground Iron Man into a real world type of thing. Uh, we've done it. We've done it. We can now do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. Be careful, go. Be careful, guys. <laughs> That, that sandbox gets bigger, end up uh, getting lost in the desert. Ooh, that was pretty poetic. Hey. Um, I'm excited about Jonathan Majors getting the keep blowing. Keep, back in my brain, I keep wanting to say Jonathan Banks. Jonathan Majors. Um, Jason Momoa, speaking of, we're keeping in the comic book world for a minute. Jason Momoa speaking out for Ray Fisher. Remember, you may have remembered this. We're following the Ray Fisher saga. Mm-hmm. How he is accusing several DC uh, bigwigs, Josh Sweden, uh, Jeff Berg, uh, Jeff Johns, uh, 
Thank you very much. Don, John Berg, Jeff Johns, those three guys of, of fostering a toxic environment on the set of Justice League to reshoots. And now his latest thing was like, now they're setting up bullshit investigators and they're not talking to the right people and they're trying to trump up their own little thing. Jason Momoa put out a post on his Instagram. Uh, yes, on his Instagram. And <laughs> all caps. So, ooh. We got a He's all, screaming. Yeah, we got an all caps Momoa. He just did a cycle. He is oh halfway through. It does go to lowercase. Okay. okay. This shit has to stop and needs to be looked at at Ray Fisher and everyone else who experienced what happened under the watch of WB Pictures needs proper investigation. He's tagging WB Pictures. Then he goes to lowercase. I just think it's fucked up that people released a fake frosty announcement without my permission to try to distract from Ray Fisher. Speaking up about the shitty way we were treated on Justice League reshoots, hashtag I stand with Ray Fisher, Aloha Jay. Um, fake Frosty announcement. Shortly after, like he did a stand with Ray Fisher type thing, and all the shit was coming out. Warner Brothers put out a a press release saying that they are doing Frosty the Snowman animated, and Jason Momoa is doing the voice of it. Momoa, he was in negotiations to do it, but he didn't finalize any of that shit. So it's like they used the stuff without my permission to try to distract from all the shit over here. Uh, Ray Fisher follows that up with saying the announcement of uh, Ben Affleck coming back as Batman was a direct result of uh, one of his posts that he put online. And he even has like uh, some timestamps here. He's got receipts. Where is it? Um... Here's on Twitter. Unfortunately, the fake Frosty news with Jason wasn't the only PR tactic used to distract from the seriousness of the Justice League situation. Ben returning as Batman was clearly meant to be revealed at DC Fandom, along with all those trailers and everything, right? I'll give you one guess as to why WB Pictures likely jumped the gun. So then there's a... I clicked on the actual tweets and now it's going to open. Here we go. On August 20th at 1.38, that's when he tweeted, uh, this is what we talked about before, how he's, uh, they sent an investigator mm-hmm. and it was bullshit, here's my email, right? That was August 20th at 1.38. August 20th at 3 in the afternoon, so less than two hours later, Ben Affleck will return as Batman in the Flash. So they mm-hmm. so they put that information out there uh, to try to distract from all Ray Fisher stuff. I mean, that sounds about right. That's the problem with the internet, though. You can't do these kind of things anymore where you try to cover up news with other news. I mean, so. you can, but you just have to hope that the person on the other side of it is not savvy. Yeah, or, <laughs> yeah, or that people still aren't interested enough to find it anyway yeah. and then to be loud about it. Um, it's like you can't do the Friday night news dump anymore. No. People still try it. They wait till Friday to to put out oh yeah we're laying off this many people or or oh here's this scandal or whatever that used to work before 24 hour cable news and the information age mm-hmm. now it doesn't matter when you put out a bad story yeah. it's gonna take a life all its own if it wants to or not uh so the whole ray fisher thing is going on and on jason momoa and it's interesting with jason momoa being like i'm all for this like fuck you wb for fucking around with this shit ray fisher doesn't necessarily have a future with WBS Cyborg. Nope. 
Aquaman 2 is in pre-pro. Mm-hmm. That's going to be... That's a billion-dollar movie. Yeah, well, that that's why he can say that now, because it's in pre-pro. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gal Gadot can't say anything right now because Wonder Woman 84 has not come out <laughs> it's yet. It's still waiting and, to come out. And she cannot rock the boat right now. She has to be ben, like... ben Affleck can't say shit because <laughs> no. he's showing up in the Flash movie. Dude from the Flash can't say shit because they're still making his movie. They're still, they're still <laughs> making it. So well, all those people have to keep their mouth shut they, until... Well, that's, a, that's the thing, yeah. If the Flash had come out and made a mil- then million... They, he could say whatever the fuck he wanted to. Then he'd be like, this yeah. is crazy, y'all. If Wonder Woman had already come out, I'm sure Gal Gadot would be standing... Wonder Woman 84. Yeah, yeah. the problem is that it hasn't come out yeah, yet. I- I'm sure she'd be standing right next to him being like, yeah, it was fucked up. Yeah, because that movie had made a bunch of money, yeah. and now if you want to make a third one with me, exactly. you know, you're going to yeah. let me say what I want right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so, but that's not the case. Nope. That movie's still... It was supposed to come out... It had an original release date of November 2019. Um, and then WB was like, you know what? This was pretty early in the process. Like, you know what? We'll give you some more time. Let's release it uh, early summer 2020 because we don't want to rush it. And we'll go ahead and give you the extra time because it seems very ambitious. And Patty Jenkins and this, she was like, okay, very cool. But then, like, right around November 2019, she was like, shit, like, I'm kind of done with the movie. I wish I could just put it out now. I'm very anxious for people to see it. Um, that's when they first released the first trailer. And then COVID. And then fucking COVID. And now it's pushed and pushed and pushed. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, life is uh, a <clears throat> terrible. You know what makes it better? Hmm. Uh, uh, blue margaritas. <laughs> I mean, a little bit. Yeah, it, it can. They help. You got to know how to make them, though. Um, Judd Apatow speaking out against Hollywood in terms of uh, corporate type of censorship. When uh, in terms of making movies, mm-hmm. this is sort of tied to the whole Milan thing. Making movies that with with governments around the world or with their help or with their aid that they know they're kind of looking the other way in terms of human rights abuses and stuff like that. Obviously, he's talking about China. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a Judd Apatow quote. What I perceive as more chilling is a corporate type of censorship that people don't really notice, which is a lot of these giant corporate entities have business with countries around the world, Saudi Arabia or China, and they're just not going to criticize them and they're not going to let their shows criticize them. They're not going to air documentaries that go deep into truthful areas because they just need to make so much money. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's true. Yes. It, it's just pointing to the whole, you know, how, like Hollywood progressive Hollywood people like to uh, crow about that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, oh, look, the coastal elites and they think they're so, but I mean, it, it's all, they're all, it's all shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's all on how you look at it. That's all garbage. It's all garbage. Even the they're all chasing the almighty dollar, mm-hmm. and that's they're doing it with zero ethics. So the almighty dollar, I get it. Um, speaking of the almighty dollar, Universal's making a Madonna biopic, and Madonna's going to do it. She's directing that bad boy. Oof. Yeah, she's going to co-write and direct her own biopic. Does she really think she sucked away that much juice from Guy Ritchie? Well. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that what she really thinks? Maybe. Oh, what if she makes a better Guy Ritchie movie than Guy? <laughs> That'd be hysterical. Um, Who knows? Amy Pascal's producing with her. Uh, it's being co-written with Diablo Cody, who uh, made a big splash with Juno. Mm-hmm. Well, up it back. And what had happened was apparently someone wrote a spec script on Madonna, and it was like making the rounds. People were like, "Oh, this is amazing," and. It started going into, uh, you know, early, early stages of pre-production. Madonna found out. It was like, you're making a Madonna movie without me? Like, I can I can do it better than anyone else can. I can tell my story better. Well, she can tell her version of her story better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. So, hey, but anyway. 
She's making it happen with Universal Studios. So we'll see if that where that goes, where that ends up. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal? I don't know. Jake Gyllenhaal. He's uh, teasing a reunion with Denis Villeneuve. Okay. Villeneuve? Mm-hmm. Villeneuve. <laughs> <laughs> You're really bad at this. Um, yes, uh, Villeneuve said he was definitely dreaming of directing a smaller movie after doing Blade Runner 2049 and Dune. And then he said it would be something... It would be good to go back to something the size of, like, Sicario. Which is like, that's still a big fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> that spanned countries. Yeah, but still, I mean, story-wise, though, it's a... It's a, it's a it is war. It's a small story as opposed to this yeah. fucking sprawling sci-fi epic. These epics, these huge epics. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal was on the Team Deacons podcast, this is according to IndieWire, and he confirmed that he's currently working on a new project with Villeneuve. Uh, he worked, remember... Two movies is done with him. Enemy and Prisoners. Both come out in 2013. Uh, where, where is the actual... Does he have a quote here? At the dinner, this weird thing happened. Oh, okay. This is actually he was talking about. So Enemy, for people who don't know, is a movie where Jake Gyllenhaal plays two characters where he's one guy who finds out about an actor who looks just like him, so he starts stalking him. Um, so this is him talking about his meeting with Denis Villeneuve, talking about making this movie about doubles. At the dinner, this weird thing happened. We were just sitting next to this woman, and he must have planted her or something. And she was like, can I tell you something? Look at this. My son looks exactly like you. He is your double. Isn't that crazy? He's actually your double. And I was like, what? And Denise looked at me, and I was like, you have to do this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, wasn't that... That that was the same year that, what, Doubles came out? With, uh... Yes, the double. Yeah. With, uh, Eisenberg. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is a Richard Ayoade movie. It's it's almost the same kind of movie. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, but that one was who is it? Yeah. Russian literature, great. I know books. Um, why can't we talk about uh, John Grisham more? Because <laughs> I don't read him. Did you ever? No. Not even when you were younger. Nope. When I was a uh, 12, 12, 13, 14, Those years, I devoured a lot of Grisham. Pelican Brief. Client, the firm, chamber, runaway jury was honestly one of the last ones I remember reading. Uh, no, they're all just like easier. Of you to kill? I was of you to kill at no. twelve and thirteen. Time I, to kill. I was into early sci-fi, so I was reading a lot of Isaac Asimov. Okay, actually. I didn't get into reading sci-fi until like college. Nah, uh, you know, I got into sci-fi early. That's fun. I wish I did. I wish I got yeah. into, the closest thing I did was reading Crichton stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I guess maybe some Stephen King. Yeah, I was reading a lot of Asimov, Mark Twain, and probably just starting Twain. into Vonnegut. That's yeah, again, that's a lot of stuff that I didn't get into until uh, until college. Well, interesting. I I was reading more Beach Reads, you know. Uh, anyway, good times. Mm-hmm. Reading's fun. Reading's fun, as well, guys. I mean, actually, reading too, not audible, having someone drone in your ear while you do your laundry. Give it your attention. Um, speaking of Jacob Gyllenhaal, he is uh, reuniting with Antoine Fuqua. Okay. They made Southpaw together. You know, adequate boxing movie. That was whatever. It's fine. Um, did you ever see the, I think, a uh, Swedish, I should click on the link, uh, The Guilty. It played at the Florida Film Festival a couple years ago. So it was a type of movie that I went into only seeing, like, it's called The Guilty. Uh, 
I knew it was foreign because it was in the for- the international uh, section of the film festival, mm-hmm. and that it was uh, a thriller. Okay. Like, I, I sort of knew the genre. What I didn't know is that this movie is about... Uh, it's Danish. It's a Danish movie, The Guilty. It's about a essentially a 911 call center operator who uh, deals with, like, one or two crises via on being on that end of the phone, like, calling people and shit. And it's a type of movie where it's like a bottle movie. The whole thing is in the call center. It follows this person. doesn't even leave the person as he goes from, like, the next room over. But it really mostly takes place at the desk. Feels real-time-ish. That type of thing. Okay. Uh, pretty well made. I mean, it didn't blow me away, but hmm. but I liked it. It was interesting. As like thirty minutes into the movie, I was like, "Oh, so this is the this is like they're not ah. going they're not going anywhere." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, this is interesting. <laughs> this is what's going on. Oh, all right, this is an interesting take. Um, and then when it ends, it was pretty satisfying. I think the way it all wraps up, uh, it's, it's sort of telegraphed where they're going with it, especially the title, heavy handed title. By the end, you're like, yeah, of course, this no. is, of course, this is what it is. Anyway, Antoine Fuqua is remaking it with, uh, how do you say, Jack, Jackie, Jackie Gyllenhaal. <clears throat> uh, so that's your that's your Gyllenhaal section of the show. All right, he's doing a lot of work now. He is good for him. Good for him. Uh, Christopher Nolan putting his money. Where his mouth is. I mean, not literally. That's a good way to get COVID. Actually, yeah, that's people gross. Yeah, don't don't do that. I, w- I would say don't do that. You fill a drug test doing that. <laughs> get E. coli doing that. I'm saying people have have dirty fingers, dirty butt fingers. Uh, director of Tenant, who wants to keep the movie business alive, went to see uh, a couple movies with his wife and producing partner, and. It was at a Regal, and I wonder how staged this was in terms of ahead of time, but uh, on their official like Twitter account, I guess on all their social media accounts, they put out a picture of him and his wife sitting in the lobby, uh, and it says, thanks for stopping by a Regal, Irvine Spectrum, Christopher Nolan, hashtag Tenet, and he was there to see two movies. Okay. This guy loves movies. He saw The Broken Hearts Gallery and The Personal History of David Copperfield. Oh, nice. Nice. Uh, Interesting that they actually know what movies he went. So yeah, well, it- m- maybe he uh, maybe it was a business expense and he had to save the receipts. Ha-ha. <laughs> Can I get let's have a copy of those uh, those receipts, please? Let's get a little bit into streaming news. Disney Plus WandaVision is actually happening. Is it in terms of being released this year? Wait, you mean I'm actually going to be able to watch the show? WandaVision will arrive in 2020. Okay. It was supposed to come out after. It was going to be Falcon and Winter Soldier and then WandaVision, but WandaVision finished first. So. What's our. That's coming out in 2020. Winter Soldier got fat and got shot by Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. So. If you know what he's talking about, he's talking about the, <laughs> the, the weird Elseworlds, no, Elseworlds DC, the straight, the, it was the Watu the Watcher, what if Marvel thing that we watched that we kept out of the media diet. But yeah, it was strange, man. Like, <laughs> like he, he was all fat, Winter, it was fat Winter Soldier. Yeah. Spider-Man shot Batman too. Sp- it, was weird, it was a weird crossover. Did he shoot Batman? He shot Batman. Yeah, it was a crossover. <laughs> he shot Batman. He shot Bucky. Uh, he shot John Connor. John Connor was asking. <laughs> so 
it was Frank Miller's Uatu, The Watchers, What If, Batman, Superman, not Superman, Batman, and uh, Bucky teamed up against Spider-Man, <laughs> but also John Connor was there. It was, it was, it was, it was strange. It was a strange, uh, strange read. You know, don't don't do anything these days to get to get eyeballs on mm-hmm. on a dying industry. <laughs> Speaking of dying industries, comic books. Oh boy, they can't be doing good. Um, also coming out for on Disney Plus this year for sure, the Black Beauty movie, and um, it was all part of this little. Oh, and the right stuff. Okay. Yeah, looking forward to the right stuff coming out soon. Yeah. And of course, season two of Mandalorian. Yeah. Of uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course, buddy. This is, you know the show Stumptown, the Colby Smolders show? I know of it. I've seen an episode, like just happen to watch it. I have not. Uh, it's an action show, okay. and, but it's TV action, but it's fine. It, it was a fun little show. I, 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 I half watched it while I did something on my phone. It's like playing a video game or something. Um, but this is just fascinating how it was renewed for season two. Mm-hmm. And then because of delays in production, how hard it is to do all this stuff during COVID, it got canceled. So it got mm. renewed, but then it got canceled. Okay. So now they're shopping around trying to see if they can find someone to pick up the the bill to produce the second season. Because I think it was like pretty well reviewed, and probably some of the viewership was there. But it's just, how do you how do you how do you do stuff now? I mean, yeah. Right? I mean, do you know? No, you don't know. No, you don't know. I haven't figured that out. Nope. No. Uh, so someone showed Alejandro Jodorowsky uh, the Dune trailer. I mean, let me guess. Uh, not good enough. Um, you know. <laughs> Here we go. This is an interesting quote. Back to the leave. Talk about the for the move. He goes, um, I wish his Dune would be a great success because Denis Villeneuve is a nice director about whom I have been told a lot. That sounds like a very political answer. Like, I've heard about this guy. So I'm going to go ahead and say he's a nice guy, right? Mm-hmm. He sounds like he's hedging. I saw the trailer. It's very well done. We see that this is industrial cinema. <laughs> Well, yeah. That there is a lot of money, and that it has cost a lot of money. But it, if it was very expensive, it must pay off in proportion, and this is the problem. There are no surprises. The form is identical to what is done everywhere. The lighting, the acting, everything is predictable. Okay. Industrial cinema. Okay. Um... Not a shock from the guy who said when he in the Yorasi's Dune documentary, he said he wanted his Dune to be not so much a movie as a like a religious awakening of the soul for all of humanity. Yes, he he, <laughs> he, he called it the coming of a god. Is Ex- what, he, was what he wanted exactly. Yeah. So you know, he wanted to change the minds of. <laughs> he goes on. This is interesting. Um, industrial cinema is incompatible with auteur cinema. For the first, money comes before the work. For the second, it is the reverse. And this, whatever the quality of director, whether it is my friend Nicholas Winding Refn or Denis Villeneuve, industrial cinema promotes entertainment. It is a show that is not intended to change humanity or society. So he's even like, yeah, this guy, he's my friend. I like his movies, but he's not trying to change the world. <laughs> he's just... He's just making trinkets, baubles, I mean, expensive baubles. I mean, he changed my world. In a way. <laughs> but not, he's not uh, industrial. It's funny, he even like, uh, like aesthetically fetishy uh, trash, like B-movie trash movies that, that Refn likes to make. 
uh, even that he's like, yeah, it's still it's still about the money. In the end, even yeah. that kind of stuff is not enough to to shake you out of your oh man. Well, that's just. The but, I, but I also was like, maybe someone should show him into the Spider Verse. I wonder if he's seen. <laughs> <laughs> because if he hasn't, <laughs> that that movie was a damn miracle. <laughs> um, but yeah, industrial cinema. I'm into it. I I I think I like industrial cinema. Yeah, though. Me we too. All, we all do. Mm-hmm. It's, mean, we, it's really pretty. We saw Tenet. <laughs> yeah, oh, that is industrial as hell. That was the most industrial cinema I've ever seen. Did it change the way I look at the world? You have to look at the world in a new way. No, not really. <laughs> I uh, I skimmed an article that said uh, the reason why they used a real 747 and, and exploded it in Tenet was because it was cheaper than to make a CG explosion of a 747. That one look as real? Yeah. It's amazing, huh? Mm-hmm. That's really and, and it looks better, so fucking do it. It looks so good. <laughs> looks so good. Um... I watch a really good like nine minute it's on the Warner Brothers W on their YouTube channel WB YouTube channel like a nine minute making of that I saw was there I was like I don't even want to see this before I see the movie but now that I went back and watched it afterwards it gives away very very little a little bit of what the time inversion stuff is but I guess that's in the marketing mm-hmm. anyway uh, and it was cool seeing how much of it there were like the huge emphasis on everything being real practical effects practical effects actors were like I didn't see a green screen anywhere it's good there was a shot. This I want them to go much more into. A production shot. So the camera's like they're filming it, and then there's someone else behind them documenting it. It's in the room where they're looking at all the little baubles, and he sees them. It's the traces of an oncoming war. Yeah. And it's all the stuff that can be, uh, like, reverse picked mm-hmm. up. Oh, yeah. Th- that that room of drawers that he yeah. only opens, like, and two only, of. Yeah, the super. <laughs> and just like, long, That's yeah. what I'm saying. He, uh... John, on set, like it's a, it looks like a practical effect of the the thing going up into his hand. It's probably magnets. God, what, what this? Show me the magnets. Bink. Show me, <laughs> show me these magnets. Show me these magnets. I don't believe in your magic. Show me these <laughs> magnets. Um, that's why I have to carry magnets with you at all times, just in case you get like sent into the past or some sort of weird wormhole. They, they, then you can be a wizard. You can be a yes. Also, bring an almanac. So you can predict the <laughs> the weather, weathers, and I'll bring a storm to you on Wednesday. Next Wednesday, there will be a great storm if you don't do what I say. No, no, okay, shit. Magnets? Anyone magnets? <laughs> I'll, I'll sell you two magnets for a bushel. A bushel of whatever. What is that? Old hay? Man, this time period sucks. <laughs> I miss the internet. Um, where was that? Oh yeah, so Mulan. Uh, it's not doing well in China in terms of box office. It's not even well reviewed. No one likes it. Uh, Disney kind of flopped it. And it's, they, it's a bummer. I was about to say, and they caught a bunch of flack. Caught a bunch of flack politically. <laughs> it's making no money. It was a lose lose situation. Um, part of the reasoning that people think is that Mulan is a real life figure, and Mulan is like an extremely well known um, historical figure in in China. Mm-hmm. It's like if. Uh, some Chinese company came over here and was like, hey, check out this movie about George Washington. And we'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, none of this is right. <laughs> or, look at this, Wyatt Earp. It's yeah. like, no, we are, I've, no. do you have any idea how many iterations of Wyatt Earp I have seen? This is none of them. Made by goddamn Americans. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. So that's what the Mulan is like to them. Yeah. Uh, but, Makes sense. It seems to be working for them on that $30 rental for Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. They've estimated... Uh, 
no, someone, someone else did this, like a third party company took data based on their data estimates. Nine million people have rented the $30 rental. So it's at about $260 million in in, uh, rental fees made in in just Mm -hmm. the first six days, I think. Well, that, that is just the Disney brand, whether it is good, whether it is not, people will watch it. People wanted to watch it and enough households pay that 30 bucks to get it. Now, are, are they ha- now? I would love to see like uh, some sort of rating after watching the movie. Like, do you think it was worth the thirty dollars? Mm. That I would love to see. I would love to see that information. That would be cool. that, would, <laughs> that actually would be fascinating. Or would you? Or would you have preferred to wait till December yeah. and just watch it as a family around Christmas and be disappointed then? Um, <clears throat> following a hiatus for COVID nineteen quarantine precautions, filming has now resumed on the Batman in the UK. A spokesperson for WB Pictures told Variety. Uh, so Batman is back to work. Cool. Uh, but they did take a full on, straight up fourteen day shutdown. Well, yeah, I mean, there was talk that they, maybe they would film during those fourteen days, but they did, they did no filming. Take a break, chill. It just cost them money, and a big problem is, and I'm. Reading a few articles about this now, how uh, a lot of insurance companies are denying COVID nineteen related claims well, because they've are they're already paying out the ass. Mm-hmm. So they're like if, to find... you, if you didn't get in on that first loop of COVID nineteen payments, you're not going to get on the second one because there's no more money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, this is all we 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 started a little bit of this recently, but this uh, it's continued. It's pretty much done. DC Universe app officially rebranding to a comic book subscription only app. I mean, yeah, duh. Right? Yeah, because all, all their videos are going to HBO Max. Yes, HBO Max or CW. Yeah. Uh, Harley Quinn Season 3 announced officially for HBO Max. Great. Those those announcements came out right around the same time. Uh, also, I skipped over the, uh, already mentioned Raised by Wolves Season 2, which is very cool. Yeah. Very happy about that. The, whoop, yep, whoop, whoop, whoop. We're getting close to the end of the stories here, right? We only have a few more left, Drew. And they are all comic booky. This is a comic booky heavy episode in terms of, I guess that's just culture now. Mm. Thank God we're into that stuff or else it'll be bad, bad. We're talking about a bunch of bullshit. Um, uh, G- Gendy Tartakovsky's Primal won an Emmy. Did it now? Yeah. For outstanding individual, blah blah blah, because he does a lot of the stuff himself. <laughs> he does all himself. Yeah, oh, that's great. That's so, that's available on uh, HBO. via HBO because mm-hmm. it was Adult Swim. Yeah, season two starts here in a couple weeks. That's yeah, very cool. middle of October. All right, I'll get on that. It's a Emmy no, Award no, winning. No, no dialogue, right? Correct. No right. dialogue. Yeah, that's it, cool. Grunts and dinosaur screeches. I'm into that. <laughs> <laughs> Grunts and dinosaur screeches is my uh, my full Monty routine that I was working on. The COVID shut it down, man. Oh. I was going to do it. Oh. And it was exactly what it sounds like. It opens. Imagine this. <laughs> Curtains rise. I'm in a caveman outfit. <clears throat> Grunting. And then a dinosaur <clears throat> screeches. And then we start dancing. And then it's just like... Uh, I'm sexy and I know it. Me and a dinosaur, we're going, we're going at it. We're shaking our asses. Fun. I, I will not be there. You, you're... <sighs> now I'm going to have to return this dinosaur <laughs> outfit. I got it custom made for your dimensions. Yeah, no, not going to happen. You know how hard it is? Once to... again, Chris, it's something you should have talked to me with about before because I knew you'd you say... spent all the money. I knew you'd say no. So once again, I'm right without being in the conversation. I knew you'd say no. Mm-hmm. Damn it. 
That's why I went in. I was, you haven't even seen the costume. It's really realistic. Wasting money twice, Chris. Look, you're just you're just the right dimensions. You're, for, just, you're, you're throwing our Patreon dollars to the wind. No, this was this is. I, I said the Patreon dollars were spent on the <laughs> telephone unit, so this is a, 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 a third mortgage on the house. <laughs> Uh, to buy the suit, uh, you know how it is. You, you write dimensions for the sexy brontosaurus suit. All right, I had the the, the front end cut nope. out perfectly for mm-hmm. you to do the, the big reveal. Not gonna happen. The big reveal. I'm sexy and I know it. Nope. Mm-mm. Sorry, Ron. No. Sorry, way. sorry, Ron. I tried. I tried. I tried. Maybe next time. Uh, She-Hulk is a Disney Plus show mm-hmm. coming for sure. They found their She-Hulk. Yeah. And it is Tatiana Maslany. Yep, the lady from Perry Mason. Lady from Perry Mason. And also... And apparently um, she was she, Orphan Black. She won... Uh, did she win or was she just nominated? Speaking of like Emmys and whatnot. Uh, yeah. She yeah. she was a big deal based off of Orphan Black. Yeah. Another show that I... I never watched a single episode on. And apparently she played like how many different versions of herself like, in, like, that, in like that show? Six, six eight yeah. total versions. Uh, watch it. Put it on the list. We both need to put it on the list because Orphan Black was supposed to be... It's supposed to be a very, very good show. Very well made. Uh, but she is She-Hulk, which is interesting. Also, they announced a, a list of directors who's work, working on um, the Ms. Marvel show. Ms. Marvel is, what's her name, Kamala Khan. Mm-hmm. So I think she's Pakistani-American character. Uh, and for sure, Muslim, mm-hmm. practicing. So the show is run by uh, a woman uh, I ain't gonna do a deep dive into her politics or anything, but I'm pretty sure they're going based on the the different directors they got. For example, they got the uh, the two dudes, the Belgian-born guys who did Bad Boys, the last one. Mm-hmm. They got them to do a couple episodes. Um, Adil El Arbi and Balau Falau, Falau, uh, Charmine Obai Chinoy is a two-time Oscar winner. Mira Menon uh, has done. Oh, actually, Mira. Mira's credits are crazy. Mira Menon has done, worked on The Punisher, Halt and Catch Fire, Fear of the Walking Dead, Glow, Titans, The Terror, Outlander. Man, they've been working on a lot of good television. Yeah, Mira and is... well-respected well <clears throat> television. Yeah, a lot of good stuff. The Terror really jumps out at me because that's a, that's a very interesting show. Uh, Mira is Indian American. Charmaine is Pakistani born. First ever Pakistani born filmmaker to win an Academy Award. Doing so for uh, documentary shorts. Um, and the Belgian dudes also worked on Snowfall on FX, which is interesting. And then also those guys. So they were talking to Jerry Bruckheimer, like they were going to do um, either the next Bad Boys. They want to do the next Bad Boys, which is happening. And they also want to do the, what is it? Beverly Hills Cop 4, which is also happening. And that could be fun. And they've been trying to do both. And it's interesting now that they signed on a set for Ms. Marvel. We'll see what happens with those other projects. Um, maybe something they can do in the meantime, in between them. Yeah. Or maybe if they do well here and it does well, then that will get them the clout that they need mm. to finally get those off the ground. Maybe. Or to get the, to get them to agree, okay, yes, you can do these. Yeah. Soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Last story. Speaking of awards, Bruce Conwin, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, Emmy winners, for their Watchmen score. Nice. Uh, which now means they are just one Tony away from full-on got status. That is right. They now have an Emmy for Watchmen, an Oscar for The Social Network, their very first score that they did together, which is crazy. And then uh, the Grammy, I had to look it up. 
You want to take a guess what movie score got a Grammy? Hmm. No, no guess? No. Uh, All right, no guess. Uh, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Oh, nice. I didn't even know Grammys gave away uh, rewards for movie scores. No, neither did I. But I, guess I was unaware. Seems like a double dip, sort of. Uh, you're allowed to get both? That's not fair. So they just need to do, um, I don't know. I mean, they're a musical act, so they should, yeah, they need to come up with some sort of a Broadway show. And it's going to have to fucking win. That'd be kind of weird, though. I mean, what's that? The, the Green Day. They did an uh, American Idiot. Yeah, they did. So let's do a Nine Schnells. Uh, what's their other project? Angels, Angels with Filthy Souls. With the I'm sure. Sh- I'm sure there will eventually there will be some Broadway project that's like, wait a minute, let's get Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, and then it'll be the shit, and they'll win. Maybe if we can get David Fincher to do a goddamn Broadway play. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if Broadway's ready for David Fincher. All right, we'll start off Broadway. <laughs> Let the reviews come in first, and then we'll see. Are they ready? For, are they ready for this? Do 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 do. Uh, you do an adaptation, stage adaptation of the game with new score I mean, could, yeah. by Ross Res, Ross Reznor. I mean, that could be fun. Reznor Ross, right? That could be fun. Starring in the lead role, uh, Shia LaBeouf. Okay. All right. As the guy trying to get over his dad's suicide, uh, his, his younger uh, out there brother, Caleb Landry Jones. Okay. Okay. All right. So now they have some real psycho energy on the stage. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. Then, yeah. Right, let's go from there. I think we're there. We did it. Yeah. We figured it out. We we got Reznor and Roster Tony. So they owe us uh-huh. in their uh, acceptance speech. Or, you know, they could just do a uh, stage version of Seven. I'd be into that too. <laughs> I'd be into that. <laughs> oh, <please. laughs> uh, okay, let's uh, let's wrap this thing up here, guys. Uh, you are welcome for this week's show. Sign up at patreon.com slash crespity so uh, for some of the good stuff. And Chris Cogburn, thank you. Welcome, Chris. And all you guys, be careful out there. The world the world is shitty. Uh, hashtag Black Lives Matter. Arrest them, uh, murder and cops who killed Brown Taylor. Because they haven't done that yet. I know. I checked. Ridiculous. Damn, I checked. I checked this morning. Just I mean, in case. Did it happen this morning? I mean, at, nope. at least the city council had a vote of no confidence in the mayor recently. This day so, now. Yes. Awesome. I, Specifically over the way he handled this whole situation. And I think there is actually, uh, there may be indictments coming down soon, so we'll see. Uh, remember, hashtag kill your masters. Eat the rich. Take care. A PFT Media Production.